Hey everyone, welcome to the Mission Driven Life Podcast. My name is Kevin Padillo, the president of Warrior Leadership, and I am grateful to be with a good friend today who we're doing a part two series on leadership, spirituality, and I want to talk to you about the most that a tool that the most successful leaders use this in their life. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is yet. I'm not going to tell you exactly what this thing is and what this principle is yet, because I want you to tune in. And if you're watching, put drop a comment down below to let me know that you're watching and you're tuning in because we want to get more people to join the, the feed, right? Now, before I start, I want to invite you to the Impact Players Tour, which is happening next Wednesday on July 24th. And there's going to be thousands of leaders there. Thousands of business and entrepreneurs, people that you can do deals with, people that you can network with, people like Regina, who are going to be blowing up their business and committed to their success. It's uh, Impact Players Tour. I'll put the link down below shortly. And But hey, grab your tickets. We want to have you there. There's not a lot left, but we're excited to do this, all right? So, Hey, um, Romeo Psych is here. What's up, man? This guy's a millionaire mentor as well. Welcome, welcome. Well, hey, um, Regina, for the people that don't know who you are, though, who are you? Who am I? Well, the short of it is um, I've been a life and business strategist for 17 years now, and I've helped reorganize primarily 99% of my clients were reorganized companies each one can generate uh, generates anywhere from two to two million dollars annually. So I've seen a lot of heartache and pain that comes with failure of a company and the restructuring of it. So I'm very passionate now to take all of the almost two decades worth of experience and work with up and coming or fairly new business owners and entrepreneurs and teach them and help them how to grow correctly and successfully to avoid all those common mistakes that people make. Uh, to get them to a point of a failure and financial chaos and things like that. Because the list, you know, like we've talked to you on that before, Kevin, the list for success is the same. The list for failure is the same. doesn't matter which industry you're in. So I'm passionate about now refocusing myself and helping new businesses, new CEOs, new entrepreneurs avoid all of those uh, mistakes. Love it. And I know mistakes, look, they happen all the time for an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. So you're helping them avoid that? Like, are you are you helping them avoid that? Are you helping them learn from their lessons? What do you what exactly? Well, I teach them navigating a company, being a business strategist. It's not a one phone call a week like a lot of people do now. You know, you you get a business mentor, a business strategist, or a life coach, whatever you want to call them, and people kind of have a schedule one call a week or two calls a week, whatever it is. Navigating a company is really navigating the life of a CEO because like we've talked about before you and I, you know, our previous podcast and just um, offline as well, the bottom line of any company is the decisions um, that the person in charge makes along the way. The company is simply a reflection of decisions the CEO, the leader, the driver uh, makes as they navigate the company through the process of growth and evolution and development. So my uh, job is really to teach the CEO on a daily basis. So my customers can get a hold of me sometimes literally 24 seven, you know, weekends and evenings are not off limits because life happens 24 seven business happens 24 seven, just because they close their door from uh, after 5 PM or 9 PM, whatever the schedule is, 
the business is still in motion. There are still things going on, you know, outside of the working hours. So the job is to teach the CEO how to properly navigate every aspect of the company. And that takes sometimes every day and sometimes once a week. But I really teach the CEO the things that affect the company positively, but also teach them what not to do. So it's kind of I attack it from both sides, if that makes sense. <clears throat> I'm amazed. <laughs> now, look, hey, we, we actually did this. Uh, this is actually part two of an interview that I did with Regina. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed Regina on her mission we talked to her about her success from her growing hundreds of companies, um, hundreds of business owners, hundreds of CEOs to help grow their top line. And look, Regina is such an amazing person that we, I just had to bring her back, right? I had to bring her back after listening to our podcast, after tuning in. Like, I'm like, look, yo, I need to. And what today what we're going to be talking about is, is a very powerful topic. And, you know, it's going to offend you. It's going to offend you if you're listening. If you're tuning in and maybe you're a first-time person, it'll offend you. Maybe it will and maybe it won't. But I know that it will because it's sometimes it can be controversial for some people's lives. And the thing that we're going to be talking to you about is something that's been around the world for thousands of years. It's a way of thinking that's been around for thousands of years. Now... I'm excited to talk to you about this because we're actually talking about spirituality, right? And mm -hmm. I know, Regina, you're, you're a very spiritual person. And you've told me so many times that your, your business is guided by God and spirituality. Mm -hmm. And is, would you say it has helped your mission? A hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, the moment I found... Now, I didn't come to my relationship with God. I didn't grow up in that. So the moment I came to that place in my life, I, it really brought me down to my knees. It was just a bad time in my life for, for many reasons, and it just devastated me. So, And while I was kind of going through my own stuff, I had to keep the companies together that I was responsible to keep together. So I was having a lot of stuff going on in personal life, while being the support and foundation for somebody else that they could stand up. So it was very difficult. And I needed to connect to something that could hold me together. And people just weren't doing, the, people couldn't do the job, not because they're not great people in my life, but there are just some things that are too big for people to handle. Yes. And I, 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 I really sought out my relationship with the Lord and my whole life changed. And not only did it change, it, affected the way I helped people. It just naturally became part of my wiring and there became this piece about me that I was able to translate through the way I talk, through the way I navigate my customers. I was able to give that piece to my customers at the same time, unintentionally. I didn't intend for, for things to be presented that way. It just naturally happened because once I found my own piece, I was able to quiet the voices and the noises in my head and quiet the outside environment because we can really get distracted by the world is a very loud place and it's really, really easy to get distracted and, and, and really find your downfall in that because the world can bring you down quickly if you allow it just because of how it is right now. And, you know, people are people at the end of the day. So it will affect us. 
But when I found the foundation I can stand on, that all of a sudden became the only voice that mattered. So instead of having 20, 30 people coming at me with their opinion on all of that, it became one, if that makes sense. I only had one source to pay attention to, and that allowed me to bring so much more benefit to my clients. Because working, when you help people build their companies or restructure, there's a lot of chaos. So as a business strategist, I have to bring peace and clarity and calmness to the table because they have to be able to rely on me to go to me to give them a peace of mind and a safety and a security when they're going through their problems. So God gave that to me and I was able to give it to the other people. So it was like a chain effect. And it was amazing to see because as my life was transforming unintentionally, I was making a bigger impact on the lives of other people. And when they saw the impact they had on my life and they would ask me questions, a lot of them found themselves searching and reaching for that spiritual relationship. So that was, uh, uh, it, it changed my life and it allowed me to change the lives of many people that I've worked with and continue to work with. Okay, so you're telling me that when when you're working with all your 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 clients and how it's crazy and there's a lot of chaos happening you're saying that you folk instead of focusing on all these different people you focused on one thing over here like i'm curious well, about that what i meant by that is putting the customers aside for a moment so for example you as an entrepreneur and you're building your business and you're doing, you're becoming very successful at it and i'm building you know i have my own business and i work with people that are so as you're in the process as a ceo there's a lot of outside voices and noises that have an opinion because everybody feels that they're entitled to their opinion about how you should run your life, how you should run your business. And it's extremely easy to get derailed from your mission and your vision right. because intentionally people will give you, they can poison your, um, your drive, your hunger for life very quickly, unintentionally. You know, people have the best intentions for us sometimes, but they come from a different perspective than we are from. We don't have to agree on everything. So um, for me, for example, I am very driven. I'm very um, I'm self-motivated. I'm very inspired. I always go after what I want. And the way I live my life, for example, is not for the weak of heart. What I mean that by that is I can be afraid, but I will still do it. Mm. But when I start to take those steps, it's easy for people to say, you're out of your mind. You know, this is never going to work. This is completely insane. This has failure written all over it because I know that sometimes I take steps that are scary to somebody else because I don't care about fear. So those opinions used to have a massive impact on me because they matter. These are people that I love, that I cherish, that I care about. So these opinions matter. But when I was able to find God and the source of that, and I realized the only thing I have to do as a leader in my community, in my industry, is live by the rules, be honorable, be respectful, uh, trust in, you know, trust in God versus trust in fear, trust in God versus trusting in people. So there's kind of rules that I follow. Mm. And I've learned that as long as I do that, I'm just going to be okay. So that's what I meant. I, instead of having all these opinions come at me and have them derail me from my success, even when people have the best intentions, the best the best desire for me at heart, at the end of the day, I still know best what, what, what's right for me. You know, I, I'm guided by the, whole, by the Holy Spirit, and I know what's right for me. 
So being able to quiet down the noise of the outside world and having one, one thing to be, to answer to, that guides the rest of my mission. That guides the rest of my vision. So when I want to, want to, want to do something, I ask myself, is this going to be of service to people? Is this going to bring benefit to the masses? Is this going to hurt anybody in the process? And the answer has to be no in order for me to proceed. So I have my checklist of morals, so to speak, to go by that will line up with the scripture. And if that lines up, I will move forward regardless of what anybody says. Awesome. Great. So you have some sort of system when talking to God. You follow a system like checklist? Do you have a checklist? <laughs> You know, I have a checklist of things to do every single day. I mean, my notepad is the chicken scratch all over it. I have a checklist every single day. But, you know, the morals and values are basic. Um, you know, don't hurt people. Make sure it benefits people. Don't take money and don't deliver the product or the service. I mean, basic morals and values. The thing for me is, and I'm noticing for a lot of people, when you're just kind of left to your own devices, um, you're left to your own devices. You don't have anybody you're responsible for, so to speak. So it's easy for somebody to do something wrong. And we are all masters of justifying our own bad behavior to ourselves. I'm sure, uh, and listen, I don't walk on water. I'm not perfect. I've done my share of mistakes that have cost me a lot of, uh, even emotionally and financially. So it's very easy for us to do anything we want and then justify it to ourselves. But I've learned for me, if I have that one source that I have to, answer to because I feel that I have to answer to God for my actions. I do feel like that. It it just it it brings everything together. It creates a very simple checklist, but a very profitable checklist. Because when I put all these things in place, when I implement uh, an honor system, a handshake means something, my word of honor, when I tell people something, they know 100% it's going to get done. Things like that it yields in massive amounts of new business and cash because money is very organic and people feel from you that you have some sort of a moral foundation you stand on and they want to work with you because money is organic. People focus on making money, focus on doing things the right way, focus on bringing value, focus on being of service. Money will follow. Don't focus on money. Money is just a byproduct of the decisions you made along the way. That's all money is. It's simply a byproduct. I agree with that. I really like, I like what she said about that, how like being of service first and being of action and serving first. Cause mm -hmm. I, I really, I can really agree, right? I can agree. Like I know that I've been really focusing a lot lately and you know, cause me, I'm working on my income right now, growing my income. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it, was a, it was tough for me earlier in the month to get money. Right. Like I moved out and I, I'm living on my own and, and when I started to trust God and I started to trust spirituality, I wasn't as stressed as before, right? I wasn't, mm -hmm. I wasn't like, oh, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't stressed. And what was interesting is that I, I started giving more, like giving people my time and, and like giving people, helping people, like helping my landlord or helping someone on the street, helping mm -hmm. someone carry a, a bag, right? And what's really cool is like when I when I do these little actions, it's like a vibration. Like it's just mm -hmm. vibes, just like good things happen, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like 
spiritually something comes into my life and that looks like sometimes money right it just shows yeah. up mm -hmm. it just shows up yes it's fucking it's crazy mm -hmm. it just shows up you're completely correct yeah because it's you know like you said when you found your spiritual path and you decide i'm gonna hand it over to god and just do my life wait unless until i did that I lived in massive fear. So if you want to talk about fear to somebody, I'm an expert on fear. Like it used to handicap me. But what it also did is because it would handicap me, I couldn't function. I was so busy being afraid. I couldn't do anything else. You know, I couldn't help my customers. I couldn't produce. It was hard to take care of my kids because fear can really handicap you. And as a single mom who had to raise two kids and provide for three people entirely by myself, in one of the most expensive states that we have in the US, which is California, fear can really handicap you. So when I found God, fear was no longer an, a line item on my checklist I had to address. And I was blown right. away that once I got rid of fear, how much time I actually had to give to people, to work, to help, to be of service. Like it opened up my entire day because otherwise I was so paralyzed with fear, I couldn't be productive in anything. But like you said, giving and doing things is extremely important because I do, I do a lot of work on the side and the kind of, but I do it quietly, you know, and then I enjoy giving back in that matter. You know, I'm about to do additional things in my life. That's really just giving back, nothing in return, massive gift. And I'm not even asking for anything because I understand the basic laws of the universe. And I understand that even the scripture says that to those much is given much is required i know i've been blessed beyond measure to be able to do the things that i do in my life and to be able to help so many people so i've had an incredibly blessed life and i'm only 41 and i can say i've helped grow and save over 100 companies i've helped you know save a thousand you know thousands of jobs i've helped save countless marriages so i can say that in my short time on this planet but that is because I found I found the source and foundation for myself because the moment I did, my my career just skyrocketed. It, it just took off. I can't even explain it. It was it was instant. It was like somebody pressed a button and everything just went a hundred times faster. And it was amazing. It was incredible. Love it. Now I want to talk. I want to tackle a couple things because I know some of our listeners, some of our people in our audiences. They probably have some objections to this, to mm -hmm. us, because we're, we're basically selling spirituality to our audience right now and, and, and convincing them and leading them towards, towards thinking in this mindset, right? Now, there's a couple mm -hmm. things that came up for me like growing up because I grew up in a Christian household. I went to church two times a week. And, you know, I love church. Like, I love going to, to spiritual places. and But, you know, during my time growing up, I... I started to like doubt my church. Like I, it wasn't God that I doubted, but I was just like confused about church, about the church I was in. Right. I was like, what the fuck? Like, mm. is this, is this what I want to learn from? So like, let's, let's try to tackle for just for the benefit of our, our own audiences. Like what if I'm new to religion or I've heard of religion, but I don't believe that God is real. You know what I mean? Like, so let's say someone's listening. They're like, look, I don't believe God's real. No one is real. That's all BS, right? What would you tell them? 
if they're an entrepreneur and they think God God is BS and there's nothing, what would you say? Well, uh, two things really quickly. When you said about uh, religion and church and people, I think the misconception is, and I also saw it in myself. First of all, you have to search for the right church where you fit in. It's not the first one you walk in. So like I, I searched for mine. I took them out for a test drive, so to speak. I would go, I would see how <laughs> I fit in. I would see if it makes sense. But if you're going to, a lot of people go to church and they say religion, they focus on people in the church. They focus on, uh, on the people and what people say and people do. I go there personally every Sunday and I do Bible study with my own group. And I'm about actually to lead my own Bible study. The church has offered me to do so. And I think it's a, it's a fantastic way for me to give back, to lead people in scripture. But I don't go there for that purpose. I go there to kind of get into spirituality into myself. I don't focus on people when I go to church. I go there for my spiritual reasons, not for uh, for the religion, if that makes sense. So people confuse the two. You know, if you, if you go to church, you focus on people, you're going to be disappointed many times because everybody's struggling with something. Everybody's got issues. Everybody's got a personality. Everybody has something they're going, that they're going through at that moment. So you have to go to church for the spiritual part of it. I hope that makes sense. I mean, I know that that helped me stay out of the chaos of uh, when you deal with people and just focus on, you got to know why you're going there. Mm. It's, it's to connect with God, <laughs> first and foremost. And the second, for the community. And the community aspect, you have to go to a few churches to see what, what, you know, whether it's a church, whether it's a temple, whatever it is religiously for you, whatever religion you follow. You just have to see what fits for you. And it, and it can be a few, you know, you, you got to go through a few sometimes. Um, what was the second part of the question? I think the second part of the question would be, I would say, um, oh, it was like, so yeah, what if I don't believe in God? Um, okay. There is a fantastic saying that uh, goes, I believe it goes, there is no atheist in a foxhole. So yeah. when you're, you know, when there is chaos going on, I'm talking about, let's say, life-threatening. If you've got uh, something where it's life or death in front of you, most people will pretty quickly turn to a prayer. They're going to need something, right? To uh, They're going to they're gonna reach out to something if you're, and I'm not talking about just issues. I'm talking about when, when you're staring down the face of death. I mean, there's things happen every day in our world, in our society, unfortunately. And God forbid, if you're in that situation, a lot of people pretty quickly reach for God and, and, and start to pray because they're by themselves. So for people that don't believe, you know, um, I can only tell you what I tell my kids that I struggle to get them there to, 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 to church and because I came to it late, I didn't bring him up in that. And I do tell him that I hope that you don't come to God when life has brought you down to your knees. I don't want you to get to the point in life where that is the last option because life has just blown you up. Because life can do to somebody. And if you, all you have is yourself, you're in deep trouble. You're in deep trouble. Because you can't rely just on yourself. Because if we were this perfect being and could solely rely on our on our senses on our internal navigational system nobody would ever be 
in trouble. We wouldn't have the issues we have in the world. We wouldn't have the problems. We wouldn't have the chaos, right? If everybody knew what's right and did what's right, we wouldn't be having what we're having right now. Yeah. So for people that don't believe, I can only share my story and what it's done for me. That's all I can do. I'm not here to preach. I'm not here to tell somebody to go to church. I'm not here to do anything except for share my story. And if anybody connects, uh, you know, I, I hope so. Otherwise, I think at any given point, we all come to a place in life where we need something greater than ourselves. Bottom line. Yeah. It comes to everybody. And if you think it's not going to happen to you, I think it's arrogance. And arrogance is very painful and very expensive. We all have moments in time where life will bring us down to our knees and you're saying, oh, crap, I got to hold on to something to get me back up. Yeah, especially that, like, looking at, like, life where it's like I can't rely on just myself, right? Like, thing, what you just said, oh, you just said that. When I really love that because, you know, I I remember I, I seen your post yesterday. I was like, you, you're doing all these things. And I'm like, is, where's your team, right? <laughs> And what, what, what that brought up for me is that, like, what it brought up for me is that sometimes in this business, like, sometimes I'm doing everything by myself, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm doing everything by myself. And then I forget to enroll leaders. I forget to recruit leaders. I forget to delegate. And I forget to really pass mm-hmm. on responsibility. Like, I don't have to do everything in my business. And um, if I want to grow, I can't do that, right? What was really, what was really a blessing to me was when I thought, when you, when I thought, when I started bringing up spirituality, right, and God and the universe, because I realized, yo, God is on my team, man. God is on my team. He -hmm. is someone I can pass on some of my whatever's here, on Mm -hmm. whatever's standing on my shoulders. I can put some of that weight onto God's shoulders, and for Him to like, for Him to carry some of that. Like, I'm not going to tell God, hey, God, record this podcast for me, right? Because uh, maybe he would, but <laughs> sometimes I need to take action, right? So um, yeah. that's really interesting. Like, I, I, what's really a, has been, like, growing for me is, like, my my ability to be less controlling and, and less filled with burden and to feel more at peace when I know someone's having my back. Right. Yeah. And I only started learning this recently, right? Mm-hmm. I only started learning this recently because I spent several years of my life in prison, right? I was in jail for three and a half years of my life. Mm-hmm. And it was really a blessing for me was like when I was locked up and I was sitting in segregation and there was a plexiglass window I would stare out every day. It was a big window. I couldn't break through that window. It was, it was very strong. And I would stare out every day. For 23 and a half hours, I would look out that window and I would just swear. I'd be like, where the hell is God? Man? Mm-hmm. Where is where is someone to help me? And I'm like, why the why is this happening right now? Right. Why am I facing? And I was facing a long sentence. I was facing 10 years for a home invasion that I did. And, and I was about to get sentenced and. It was it was a very eye opening. I remember this moment, right? And I remember looking down at the toilet. There was a toilet in my room, and I'd look down, and I would always spit in that toilet, and I would just like, I would just look. And that was the day I left God. I'm like, you know what? 
God, I don't even believe in you. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in you right now. That was the day I forgot. I let I like left God behind, right? And um, yeah, it, I guess I guess what I'm thinking is what. I, long story short, what I'm thinking is that I realized some of life's journeys and the hard moments in life. Mm-hmm. There are times; those are actually moments that God wants to connect, and Spirit wants to connect with me more. Yes, it's like a calling, right? So, yes. yeah. But like you said, you did something, and there were consequences, right? Yes. Right, but but pay, I, I pay attention to what you said. You were thinking, God, where you know, where are you at this moment? Instead of saying, "Look, I screwed up." I'm sorry, I screwed up. So you took a different route. Do you see a difference? So it's yeah. not that. No, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You're, you're a smart guy. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. You were being angry at God for not bail, bailing you out for your actions. The problem is as human beings, we have a hard time saying, I made a mistake. I made a bad decision. I made a mistake. I need a second chance. And I will take, I will squeeze every opportunity out of my second chance if I get it. You were being upset and angry at God, but ultimately you got yourself in that position. You know, I recently, I personally went through a a horrific, devastating divorce, a horrific divorce. I mean, it's for a different podcast, but that's when life brought me to my knees. I mean, a really, really horrific and financially devastating divorce. Uh, while raising two kids entirely by myself, you know, financially and so on and so forth. And I recently was thinking back, kind of along the lines of you're saying, why did I why did I get smacked upside the head by life so hard? And then I realized I need the decisions to marry somebody that I never should have married. I mean, bottom line, those were my decisions. So the result of my decisions yielded in years of a unhealthy marriage yielded in financial devastation but you know the interesting thing is one decision had cost me 15 years of stuff if that makes any sense and people don't realize sometimes one decision can cost you the rest of your life worth of stuff to deal with so but it took me a long time because i was so angry with my husband for the things he's done but it took me such a long time to get to a point to say look i'm not angry at him I married the wrong guy. I put myself in a situation and exposed myself to very predatory behavior and I paid dearly for it. But also looking back, like I said, I came to God when I was 35. Also looking back at my life, God was always there. He always walked alongside me. He dragged me through my life 95% of the time. He was just dragging me through life. And he was there whether... I accepted him and invited him into my life or not. Because looking back, I can look at the pieces, the puzzle being put together. There is no way I could have navigated through everything in my life, come out on top, be this successful, have touched so many lives after I went through everything I went through, including, like I've mentioned to you before, I have no formal education. I have, God has put the incredible abilities in me to understand people money and how to mesh the two together so that it's always a win-win and everybody is always happy. 
because life and business, it's people and money. Those are the two main components, right? Everything else is just fluff around it. So God has been in my life whether I was there or not. But the main point to this is accepting and saying, I screwed up. You know, it's easy for us to say, God, where are you? But it's not very easy for us to say, okay, I get it. I made a bad decision. I made a bad mistake. I understand why I'm in this position. And I need help. But the fact that you came back to it, I think will be a wonderful testimony for you and a testimony that will carry a lot of people through a lot of difficult times. Mm. Thank you for that. And you're right. You have, you actually have a good point of, um, you know, accepting, accepting, taking full ownership and, um, it's hard to do. Because yeah. I know we can get caught up in blame, right? I know I'll take actually I'll use I'll use an I statement. I get caught up in blame mm-hmm. and I blame others. Mm-hmm. When I realize I can just own up and know that it's me. Mm-hmm. And here's the here's the power <coughs> of taking full responsibility. Here's the power behind taking responsibility. Um take full responsibility more likely than not you will never do that again because you will always remember the heartache the pain that comes with a bad decision if you don't take full responsibility and don't learn from it you are 99.9 percent will do it again you just will i don't know i i want to contest that Okay. Because look, like I, look, <laughs> there are so many times of taking responsibility where I still do it again. So maybe I'm not taking full responsibility, or I'm not. Yeah. Listen, maybe, that's, that's maybe, maybe it didn't hurt bad enough the first time. Maybe one time wasn't enough. Maybe it wasn't painful enough or financially expensive enough of a mistake for you to learn the lesson. Yeah, you have a point. Like, that actually has me thinking, right? Like maybe I don't take it seriously. You know, maybe I didn't take that responsibility seriously. I don't know. Maybe, only you know. You know, these are decisions for you to make at the end of the day. But uh, like the message I wrote to you offline yesterday, stay the path and stay the course. I've learned that if I do things correctly, eventually it will yield. And you will never look back in your life and say, oh man, I've done so many things right. I wish I did it wrong. You know, you will never say that. People look back and say, I've made so many mistakes. I wish I did it right. But if you do things correctly and stay the course and stay the path and stay consistent every single day, you can't fail. It is not possible to fail if, you, if you're consistent, if you're honorable, if you're honest, regardless of what's going on in your surroundings. It's, it just works. You know, but taking full responsibility, is, it's a hard one. You know, somebody told me once that, and they said this to me when I think I was about 30 years old. And still at 30, I was in a place, well, well I don't want to share my mistakes. I don't want to share my my divorce, I don't want to share all these things because it's embarrassing, you're still kind of insecure, what, what, what will people think, you know, you're still at that place. But there's power in sharing your story. 
And I remember somebody told me one, that was 10 years ago, I was 30 years old, 41, 11 years ago, whatever. He, he looked at me and he said, somebody much older than me, 20 plus year old, older than me, very intelligent human being. And he said, there will be a day where you will have to stand in front of your own wall of demons and address them one by one. And that will be your rite of passage. Let me say it again, because it was a big statement for me. I'm sure it's a big one for other people listening, that there will be a day in your life where you're going to have to stand in front of the wall of your own demons and address them and deal with them one by one. That's your rite of passage. Unless you do that, there is always going to be something nagging behind you. And when they said that to me, I was like, you're nuts. Why would I touch that crap? Why would I want to look back? Why would I want to deal with it? Why would I expose myself to people? Why would I do all of that stuff and open myself for criticism and opinions and this and that? But the moment I, I established my relationship with the Lord, that was instantly the moment I dealt with my own wall of demons. And at that point, I don't care about sharing anything about my journey. I'll answer any questions. You know, I'm doing a lot of interviews now. I mean, a lot of them. And everybody asks, what's up the table? Nothing is up the table. My life is to teach other people. My life is a tool that's been given to me to be a service and to teach other people. But I've dealt with that wall of demons. And it was horrific to look at it. You know, I've done this. I made this bad decision. I could have done better here. I could have done, you know, it's hard to look at your life and take full responsibility of everything. But the faster you do, it's like your life takes off at a speed of light. It's like you unload this massive amount of baggage. And it really is a rite of passage. And what it allows you to do is it allows you to shut the door on all that crap and just start your life fresh. Hmm. Hmm. Facing demons. I love what you said. We all got them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I'm curious of how you did that though. Like, right? So you talked about I, I heard you say, yeah, I heard you say that, okay, I had to face demons, so you faced God or the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. And so how did you face your demons though? By doing that, though, I don't get it. It is, I don't understand how you did that. I'll tell you how. Uh, it's, it's like you said, it's the blame game. The moment I said, I am responsible, the moment I said, I take full responsibility and this is my fault. So, for example, for example, um, my marriage uh, wasn't the greatest. And I would tell people after, my husband devastated me financially and, and our daughter. So those, those, those are his kids. So devastated us financially. And it was easy to look back at him and say, he's just a, a piece of work. But I tell people, plus it was an abusive marriage. So when I tell people that I am responsible, it's kind of hard to hear. But I'm res- what I mean by responsible is I had to face those actions, those decisions. I married the wrong guy. I stayed in a bad relationship when I had many opportunities to walk out. I had the opportunities to do that. So I made those decisions. Part of facing my demons was to say, look, I messed up. 
I messed up. I need to be more diligent about who's in my life. If I mistreated, I need to walk away the first time. So that was a demon for me. That that was a demon for me. You know, living in fear was a massive demon for me I had to deal with. So I realized that um, we have certain wirings. Fear is part of everybody's wiring. You're never going to deal away with it. So I know, I realized that I can't get rid of it. Nobody can. But I had to learn how to navigate around it and walk through it sometimes. You know, things like that. So, But, but again, to take full responsibility, dealing with your demon is to look at some uh, a point in your life that you're not maybe proud of or that was hurtful to you and say, I don't care if there was 30 people involved. I don't care if somebody hurt my feelings. I'm responsible. I put myself in the situation. People said mean things to me. I was just as much of a jackass back to them because we will do that. We will do bad things and justify it. You will respond badly and justify it. So that's part of dealing with your demon. You know, I said something negatively to somebody or something bad or uh, I was not very nice or aggressive to somebody or I did something bad as a form of revenge. That is, part, that, is, that is a bad action on your part. And we say because they did something, I did something in return. So that's part of it to say, I know they did something bad. I know they said something about me, but I'm taking responsibility because I shot back at them in the same dis- disgraceful manner and the approach as they, as they used with me. So all of these things, they can be big or they can be small. But the moral of the story is the bottom line is you have to be able to say, it's my fault. And the moment you say it's my fault and the moment you say, this is the demon, this is the list of my, you know, of my mistakes, and go through them one by one, I guarantee you, life just takes off at, a, at an incredible speed. It, it's like, it, it just does. I can't explain it to you. I've watched it with my customers for years, and I've watched my life take off in, an, in amazing, amazing ways. When I was able to address everything, take responsibility, and learn the lessons, really just learn the lessons. Thank you. Now, uh, Regina, I know it's time for you to go. I know you have things to do. So I wanted to thank you for being here today. We talked about taking full responsibility, which is a big thing, a big key thing that we, that I, that I bring into my life, right? And it's, it's really interesting that you put it in that perspective, especially like owning my own shadows, my shadows, right? sometimes my shadows follow me right yeah in the dark so they do they they follow me and sometimes i need to own my shadows and take a look at them right Mm -hmm. and but also being willing to let them go yes and to to face forward right so that's a that's a huge gift now i want to thank you for being here today and um i'd like to invite anyone who wants to connect with regina to check out her link right below here, um, she down in the com or down into the description of the of the live, there is a free forty five minute call with Regina on structuring your business, getting your business sharp, getting your business business ready, income generating, and you know active, right? Uh, Regina's gonna structure that up for you, and she's gonna do a forty five minute call with you. Uh, if you hit this link into the description now, hit that link, book your time with her. Even if you're watching the replay or, or you're watching, listening to us on Anchor, and maybe you're listening to this podcast in 20 years from now, uh, this link will still be good, I hope, right? Is it good for 
like give like it, it, let's say in 20 days if you're listening to this podcast yeah if you're listening to the podcast hit that link even 20 days from now so in august sometime and you're listening you can get your call still and you can find your time to grow your business and to sharpen your business um so i'm very grateful that you could be here regina and is there any last messages that you want to share with us before we head out uh, yeah, I think it's the message that I really always want everybody to get and uh, perhaps mentioned in, in the last uh, you know, interview that we did. I'm extremely passionate in relating to people the message, the idea that this is the only life you have. There is no second one. There is no another one after this. There is no do over. You know, when the curtain in your life goes down, it goes down. And I encourage everybody to not get to the end of their day to the end of their life and be looking at a list of regrets be looking at a list of broken relationships be looking at a list of things they didn't do because they were afraid because that day will come you know as i told one of my customers who was telling me i'll do this one day i'll do this one day and my response was one day you'll be too damn old and tired to do anything do not live by you know don't let life pass you by so you're looking at this list of traumatizing horrible experiences and just to look back and realize shit my life's gone i'm never going to be 25 again or 35 or 40 or 55 whatever i'm never going to have the strength that i have now and nothing matters anymore because ultimately very few things matter it's the relationship with god it's the health it's your family it's it's, it's good friendships those things matter so I, I wish for everybody to get to the point in their life where they have a a list of successes, a list of things they can celebrate, a list of fantastic friendships, a list mm. of, uh, you know, wonderful relationships and love along the way. So uh, that's how I live my life. I ask myself, everything I do, I genuinely ask myself, is this going to go in the list of regrets or is this going to go in the list of successes? And if it's going to go in the list of regrets, I'm not going to touch it. Even if it's profitable, I don't want to touch it. Because ultimately, it's not profitable. If it's going to affect my life, it's not negatively it's not profitable. So I hope everybody lives to uh, that uh, to the fullest, really, because it's the only the only one with God, the only life with God. Yeah, <laughs> I love I love how you talk about regrets. That's very interesting. I have a lot of regrets in my life, uh, and then some of them come in with with women, you know, bad decisions with women. That's a <laughs> That got me thinking, but that's another time to talk about that. But thank you so much for Regina for your time, and uh, you'll hit that link if you want to get, connect with Regina to get your call. And also, hey, join us at the Impact Players Tour. Uh, it's next week, next Wednesday in Arizona, the Glendale uh, Renaissance Hotel. Uh, I'm gonna be there. I hope Regina, you can be there. I've been trying to follow up with you on that for a long time. follow up, Tim. <laughs> yeah so uh, yeah so i'll get a chance to be there and i'm looking forward to connecting with you i'm going to put the link down shortly so um have a powerful day everyone and connect with regina all right take care thank you bye